0: Welcome back to the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about a 24-7 prayer and help referral line that Teen Challenge of Southern California just launched. No matter what your need is, if you're anxious or worried or stressed, you can call anytime, any day, and a Teen Challenge staff member is there to pray with you. The number is 888-520-0620. Once again, that number is 888-520-0620. We're so glad that you've chosen our podcast today. We know that there's thousands of podcasts that you could be listening to and you've chosen to listen to ours and we thank you for that. Up next in this series are the brand new sessions fresh off the press from our very first Spiritual Emphasis Online. Normally this is an event that Teen Challenge of Southern California hosts yearly at our headquarters in Riverside where all of our staff and students gather under a tent for three or four days of powerful worship and teaching but because of what's going on in our world right now, we decided to take the event online and make it a completely virtual event. And what a week it was. We invited the Teen Challenge Centers from around the globe to participate with us, and it was just such a spirit-filled, powerful, life-changing week. We had messages from Don Wilkerson, Jim Simbola, Nikki Cruz, Gary Wilkerson, and many, many more. Lives were changed forever. We're excited to share this week's episode, which is the third in our Spiritual Emphasis 2020 online series. Today, you're gonna hear from Josh and Bumi Canalis. They're the senior pastors at Mission Ebenezer Family Church in Carson, California, and they are great friends of Teen Challenge. As you listen to these sessions, our prayer is that you would sense God's presence, that you would hear his voice. And most of all, we hope that you're encouraged in the Lord today through these podcasts. Remember to subscribe today to our podcast if you haven't already done it be encouraged today.
1: How's it going Teen Challenge? My name is Josh.
2: And I'm Boomi Canales and it's a pleasure to be here with you.
1: And we are so excited to be a part of Spiritual Emphasis 2020 COVID style. I want to welcome you all and I want to thank Pastor Ron Brown, the whole staff of Teen Challenge, SoCal, Central Cal, NorCal, You name it, we're so blessed and honored and privileged to bring the Word of God to you all today. I know we find ourselves in very uh, precarious circumstances and very different from from what most of us are used to, uh, especially going there to the Riverside Castle, um, where we are very fond of going and and being a part of spiritual emphasis. Um, But here we are. I know some of you guys are homesick, some of you guys are lovesick and you are missing everything that you used to know. Um, And that's okay, that's okay. But we need to remember that our complete and utter dependence is on Jesus and Jesus alone. You don't need anything else. We've been a little frustrated, all of us, not just as pastors, but the uh, parishioners and people all around the world who are all in this together, and you are in this with us as well. But you know what? There's going to come a day when when all of this will be behind us and we'll move forward. So Just like a father who sends his children into the room to think about what they've done as he disciplines them whenever they've been a little naughty, God has sent us into our homes just like that room to think about, to pray, to spend time in the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to work in all of our lives so that God's will can be established in our lives. I know that's For sure. Mm -hmm. So guess what? Um, A couple of weeks ago, my brother was preaching a sermon just like we are right now, right here in the sanctuary, and he coined something that we all just really, really love. He said, you can't social distance God and you can't quarantine the Holy Spirit. Qu- uh, Coba Canalis. And so we're going with that today. Um, we know God is moving, God's working in your life. There's a reason why God has allowed us to be um, in the middle of this whole season. But I wanna encourage you that God is doing a great work in your life. Whatever Jesus starts, he finishes. Amen. So be patient. Don't rush this whole situation. Be still and know that he is God. I know that you guys uh, are so excited about the theme, um, Lord of All, and we would like to give the title to our message tonight um, or today or this morning or this afternoon, wherever uh, you may find the recording of this message, um, To Him Who Sits on the Throne. To Him Who Sits on the Throne, uh, Jesus is Lord of All. My wife, Bumi, is going to read a passage out of Acts chapter 10 verses 34 through 38 from whence we find our theme and topic for today.
2: Amen. Thank you, Josh. All right, please grab your Bibles if you do not have them and turn to Acts chapter 10 verse 34. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize How true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went all and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Amen.
1: Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for uh, today, and we love you with all of our hearts, Father God. We're so excited, Boomy and I, to bring the word of God to Teen Challenge here in California or wherever uh, the word may find uh, itself being lived, heard, and um, and... And, and pressed into, Father God. And, and so now, Lord Jesus, we ask that you'd open up our minds, that you'd open our hearts, Father, and that you'd open our spiritual eyes, that we might see beautiful things in your word today. For you are Lord of all, and you are sitting on the throne in heaven right now. And today we pray that many people will invite you, Jesus, to sit on the throne of their hearts. In Jesus' name, Everyone said amen amen and amen. Amen. Come on, people, put your hands together right there where you are. Come on, put your hands together. I don't know about you, man, but I'm so excited about the word of God today. I want to share a quick story with you. Um, It's kind of a a story that that repeated itself over and over and over again at our home when we were growing up, me, David and Coba in the Canales home. Um, you see, at my house, we have a dining room table that, that stretches from the dining room and creeps into the living room. We didn't have a huge house or anything like that, but it was home and we loved it. And uh, But there was one thing that us brothers knew about anybody who walked into the Canales family home. And baby, you know this story all too well. If anybody ever sat in my father's seat, who was at the head of the table. Oh, man, look out. They were in for a doozy. Uh, Sure enough, time and time after, um, there would be so many friends who would find themselves sitting there in my dad's chair, which was kind of like the throne, really, um, of our house, of his little castle. And uh, I remember one time I was eating Food smacking, um, and and I looked over to pops. He looked over at me. I put my head down. I stopped it. Um, I started reading something. I looked back over to my dad. He started smacking his food, and I said, uh, "Dad, can you stop?" He goes, "Man, be quiet. This is my house." I was like, "All right, I'll never again ask my dad to stop doing anything in his home." But guess what happened? Um, once upon a time, there was uh, a young man named Corey Whitaker. Not, no lie, telling the truth right here. He was sitting in my dad's chair in the throne, right there at the head of the dining room table. And um, everybody saw that he was sitting right there in Pop's chair, Papa C, Papa Canalis, um, and, and everybody said, someone was about to speak up and tell him not to sit there. We looked at him and said, leave it alone, leave it alone, leave it alone. Sure enough, Pop, Pops came coming down the stairs and he saw that young man sitting right there. In, uh, in Pops' chair, and uh, uh, we all knew what was coming, so sure enough, Pops walked straight into the kitchen, grabbed the, the phone, waited a few seconds, and says, yes, hello? Yes, Ms. Mit- Whitaker? Yeah, yeah, just one moment. Yeah, Corey's right here. Corey, it's your mom on the phone. Corey looked up and said, oh, okay. He got up from the seat, of course, paying no attention to what Pops was doing. Walked all the way there into the kitchen, um, picked up the phone. And as you know, uh, there was nobody there on the other end of the phone except Tone, our homie Tony. Tony, <laughs> Tony. <laughs> but uh so Corey went ahead and he looked back over, and he knew that uh, the joke was on him. Pops was already sitting back in his chair, and he said, "Corey, nobody sits in Papa C's chair." And everybody started laughing. Everybody was busting up, um, and he was initiated. We jumped him in right there. <laughs> We—he we, was initiated into the Canalis clan, the Canalis fam bam, bam um, and and never again did Corey ever try to sit there in Pops' chair sitting on the throne. Um, I share that story, you know, it's a little bit of a, a funny story, and I don't know, uh, countless victims have sat in that chair thinking that they could sit in Papa C's chair, but I'll tell you what, uh, there is one today who sits on the throne in heaven, and his name is Jesus, and we'd like to talk a little bit about it. The context of this passage that my beautiful wife had just read in Acts chapter 10, um, it's not just um, one little story. It's not just a verse in in verse 36. It's not just the phrase, Jesus is Lord of all. But there was a a whole buildup. There was, if you will, this verse, verse 36, was just the tip of the iceberg and below the surface of the water was Um, years, hundreds and thousands of years of history that had been built up leading to this verse right here, this pinnacle in Acts chapter 10 verse 36. We need to understand that Peter's encounter with Cornelius didn't just happen um, just for the sake of happening. No, this was so significant to the faith. It was so significant to the people of Israel, and it's still so very significant to all of us right now, and we're going to talk about why it's so significant. From the Old Testament, um, we, we can trace back all the way to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, the monarchs, prophets, and the crossing of the great divide from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We see John the Baptist, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the acts of the Holy Spirit, the church, Peter's transformation and ministry. And I say transformation because we all remember that Peter denied Jesus three times um, there in the Passion narrative. And then, of course, following we, um, we see what God did in Paul's life as well. Well, the gospel was on a crash course of cosmic proportions. The confluence of the Holy Spirit's acts throughout scripture exploded when the gospel opened up to everybody, to all, every Jew and every Gentile, channeling pathways into one main stream you got all these different pathways and streams coming and that, that all meet at the fountainhead and singularly cut out a new pathway and that new pathway is Jesus Christ. Peter is blown away, he can't believe it. If I can uh, steal the scripture real quick, baby girl. We see here in Acts chapter 10 that, that Peter was chilling at his friend Uh, Simon the Tanner's house in Caesarea and just relaxing enjoying probably some time away he had been ministering he had been performing miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle and the thing that I love about Peter was that he was available and he was open to whatever God wanted to do in his life and so there's a man named Cornelius. Can you all say Cornelius with me?
2: Cornelius
1: Cornelius was a a centurion from the Italian regiment. He was a God-fearing man. He was a man who prayed. He was a man who did great works. His compassion for people was was matchless. And God chose to come to him and sent an angel of the Lord to meet Cornelius so that he would call upon Peter and they would have a summit. This summit would change the course of Christian history and the world forever. It's amazing. Peter was um, not so convinced when the vision that he received there on the top of Simon the Tanner's home in Caesarea. As a matter of fact, he didn't know if if he wanted to, to fall in line with the vision that he had received. It says here in the scripture that as Peter was praying, and fasting there on the top of the rooftop, he received a vision that God spoke and said, kill and eat. And it was a vision of every animal, hoofed animal, things that Jews were not meant to eat or, or consume. Um, he would have never done that. He says, what do you mean, Lord? He said, kill and eat. And that's when Cornelius came and found Peter, a man who was not a Jew. He was a Gentile, but he was a God-fearing man. He needed to understand everything that Peter had had experienced, everything that Peter knew, everything that God had placed in Peter's hand to do on behalf of the kingdom of God. And so Peter wasn't wanting to share all of the good stuff with, with the whole world. He wanted the gospel just to be for the Jews. He wanted to preach the message to the Jews alone. But God had a different plan in store. It says right here in Acts chapter 10, verse 36, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. This is what Peter's... encounter with cornelius was all about acts chapter 10 verse 36 is a refined pure gold of the crucible of the gospel it had produced this encounter between peter and cornelius god was incubating the word of god through the people of israel for thousands of years but he was getting ready As popcorn is percolating, is building up, is heating up in the microwave, the gospel was getting ready to explode onto the scene, into all the world and for all, to Jew and Gentile alike. And now my wife would like to unpack the sovereignty of Jesus and what it means for Jesus to be Lord of all. Come on, people, put your hands together for Sister Boomer.
2: Thank you, thank you, hallelujah. So as my husband said, we are talking about how Jesus is Lord of all. And Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is our Lord and our master, the one and only sovereign God. And how is this possible? It's possible because of the work that was done on the cross that established Christ's sovereignty in the world. So the meaning of sovereign means to be a supreme ruler, a person who has supreme power or authority. When Jesus was raised from the dead, and he snatched the keys of hell out of Satan's grip, he established himself as a supreme authority in this world. Death could not hold him down, and Satan's plans of destruction did not prevail. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He got up on that third day, and he ascended to the right hand of God to be exalted for eternity. Amen. Amen. So let's turn to... Um, Acts chapter 2 verses 32 and 33 Peter says this God has raised this Jesus to life and we were all witnesses of it exalted to the right hand of God he has received from the father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. and Paul he added on to Peter's proclamation in Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11 let's look there I'll give you a second, I'll give you a second. Again, that is Philippians chapter two, verses nine through 11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father, amen. He is Lord and there is none other like him. He is the beginning and the end. There's been none before him and there will be none after him. He was sent to save the world for you and I. And he came with power. He came with power and he came to give power as only a king can do. And once we receive salvation and we acknowledge Christ as the main authority in our life, we have access to that power. And that promised power is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit it's, it solidified Jesus' position in heaven and over earth because of what he promised the disciples before he left. In John chapter 14, verses 16 and 26, Jesus tells his disciples, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit gives us power and it gives us remembrance of Jesus's word back even centuries ago that we can still live those words and apply them to our life. The Holy Spirit was a game changer. Jesus petitioned God to send us a comforter, a helper, and an advocate. Christ's place on the throne activated that power to be sent down to us and we are to use that power each and every day in our walks. The power that emboldened the Jews and the Gentiles in the book of Acts is available for us today. Are you ready to use that power? Do you want that power? Once you receive that power, there should be nothing that holds you back. And how is this possible? How is this even possible? Because Jesus won. He defeated the cross, he defeated death. There's nothing that held him down. He traded in his burial cloths for robes of royalty hallelujah we serve a risen God a risen Savior now you can operate in the name of the Most High we are called to do the work of the Lord and to serve his kingdom he is our God he is our King He is our master he's everything to us when you actually conceive that and realize who you serve there is nothing that can hold you back but you have to submit that you have to submit your life you have to submit your own authority to be his authority in your life have you acknowledged and truly accepted that authority in your life? Take a moment now and just think of your life where you are right now. Where have you come and to where you are at this very moment? Some of you have may have surrendered, some of you have not. But as I finish with my section here, I want you to allow your heart to percolate and to see if you've tr- truly surrendered all authority and all power to the Lord. He wants to be your Lord, he wants to be your king but only if you allow him to be. Jesus came to be the Lord and Christ. He came to be lion and the lamb. Let today be the day that you exalt your Lord and you worship him and his holy name. When we approach the throne, we approach with trembling, but we bring our petitions and our needs to bring down before his feet. But we exalt his name because he sits on the throne and unto the lamb, hallelujah. Amen. Behold his majesty. Behold his splendor. It's like the song that says, can you see the trail of his robe that fills the temple with glory? Can you see the wonderful king of kings and lord of lords that's sitting on the throne that conquered death, that that conquered Satan, that slew the dragon so so that we could be standing there next to him, so we can behold him by the right hand of God. I need you to understand how wonderful and excellent the God that we serve, the King of Kings. And In England, they have uh, Prince Charles and Prince William, but they ain't got nothing on our God. He is the Prince of all princes and the King of all kings. And that should bring you excitement and joy to serve a God that will empower you each and every day. That He came to give you the power of the Holy Spirit to embolden you so that you may walk and proclaim the name of Jesus, so that you could that you could uh, tell demons to tremble under your feet, that they have no place and authority in your life. That's what he gave us. That's what he promised us and that's what we have because we serve a king, we serve an awesome and mighty God. As I close, I just want to remind you to approach the throne and bow before him each and every day. Approach the throne with confidence. Bow and surrender all of your needs, all your wants and allow him to work and minister into your life today and each and every day. I just thank you and praise you, Lord, right now for what you're doing and, and all those people that are listening right now. Soften their hearts and allow them to surrender to you. Surrender all to you because all is to Jesus, who, who is the Lion, the Lamb. What are we waiting for? If you're still holding on to anything or if you're still trying to hold on to you, um, the old life or old ways, or if you're still trying to figure things up, let it go. He wants to be your king. He wants to be the king of of your heart and in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a powerful word. Talk about the sovereignty of God, the supremacy of Jesus, that he's set apart, that he is above all, that he knows all, that that there's nothing that that, um, God is not in charge of. Jesus is Lord of all. And my wife brought it home right now and talked about the surrender that is required when we talk about our Lord. When we talk about our Lord, you you can't um, ignore the fact that there's a relationship that must take place when we recognize him as Lord or as master. And that means we are his servants. It means that we are his slaves. It means that whatever God calls us to do, we do whatever, wherever God calls us to go, we go to whomever God calls us to go. We seek them out. And that is what God is doing in our lives, and that's what God is doing right now in the world. Maybe you've been asking the question like we've been asking, God, why is this COVID-19, this coronavirus, ravaging the world? Why are we um, stuck in our homes in quarantines? Why can't we come to church and worship together? Maybe you're asking the same question, who is behind this? Did God allow this? Did God create this? Well, if you ask this question, The only thing that we should be asking is, what does God want to do in my life right now? And my wife and I want to ask you all, what is God calling you to do? Did you know that that domestic violence is at an all time high across the country and around the globe right now? Did you know that? Did you know that abuse is taking place right now in homes all across the United States of America because people are living on top of each other, they can't go anywhere, anxiety, stress, worry is through the roof, people are concerned about jobs, substance abuse, addiction is just, is just out of control right now, but where does God have you? God has you in team challenge where God is doing a great and deeper work man, in man. your lives. Hallelujah. God has separated you from all of that mess out there right yes. now. You're not running the streets, you're not lost, Hallelujah. you're not doing anything that you wouldn't want to be doing. Jesus. You're not selling your body, you're not selling drugs, you're not breaking the law right now. You are serving Jesus, Amen. you are surrendered to Him, and God wants to do a greater work in your life. God is calling you to invite Jesus to be the head of your life, the center of your life, where Jesus sits on the throne of your heart. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I know God is doing a deeper work in my life. God's doing a deeper work in our marriage. God's allowing us to do a deeper work in our children's lives, having conversations with them. And God simply wants to remind us all that his son, Jesus, left the throne to come to this earth to take on flesh yes. so that your sin and my sin and the sin of the world might be dealt with here on the cross of Calvary. And that's why I am so thankful. If you look across the landscape of our, of our nation, just in the last few weeks, you may have heard about some terrible, terrible situations that have taken place. And I'm referencing the story of Ahmad Arbery, a young black man who was taking a jog in his Georgian neighborhood, peeking into a construction site when people chased him down in their trucks like they were hunting down hogs, pulled out a shotgun and revolvers on him, and shot the, the young man to death right there in the middle of the road while he was wearing basketball shorts and a t-shirt, a plain white t-shirt. This is ridiculous. You also may have heard just yesterday the terrible tragedy in Minnesota, where a, a man named George Floyd um, was was killed by police officers right there after being handcuffed, couldn't breathe. People were pleading for his life. What is it? A reminder to all of us about. It doesn't matter whether we're black, brown, white, Asian. It doesn't matter whether we're we're male or female, Jew or Gentile. It doesn't matter whether we're rich or poor or whether we're middle class. It doesn't matter whether we're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent or we don't vote. It doesn't matter. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Yes. And Jesus wants to sit on the throne of your heart and of my heart. Yes, Jesus is the center of the universe. Yes. He is the creator. He's the almighty God. He knows all. He's everywhere. He's omniscient. He knows all things. He's omnipotent. He's all powerful. And he can break every bondage. He could break every chain of addiction that you may be dealing with right now. Maybe you're recently joined Teen Challenge, part of the intake process. Aren't you so glad that God opened up the doors for Teen Challenge to allow you to be a part of this wonderful transformation process? The encounter, babe, of Peter and Cornelius. It was a long time coming. Peter had to let go. Just like Jonah had to let go in the book of Jonah. God called Jonah to preach a message of repentance to the city of Nineveh. An Assyrian town. And Jonah didn't want to preach the message of repentance to Nineveh because they were a wicked people. They were a very sinful people. And he believed that that, that God and, and the goodness of God was only for good people. It was only for people that Jonah liked. Hmm. So he tried to run away from the call of God upon his life. And baby, you know what that's like. Hmm. And I know what that's like to, to wanna run away from the calling that God has on your life. I ran for years pursuing professional baseball. I played three years professionally, got drafted until God said, enough is enough. You've had your fun. It's time for you to come and follow me. I won't speak for my wife. If she wants to share right now in a second, you can. <laughs> but Jonah, ultimately, after, after uh, being swallowed up by a, a great big fish, or as my three-year-old daughter said, not a fish, daddy, a whale, he was Uh, spat up on the shore of Nineveh, where he returned to preach the message to that city. And while he preached, they listened, and he left the city. The Bible says that he went and crawled up under a tree and waited for God to bring destruction upon the city of Nineveh, but it never came. So Jonah looked to God and said, God, whatever happened to the destruction of Nineveh? I preached, I I, I called them to repentance, and nobody did anything. God said, Jonah, I love them just the way I love you. If you go back into the city right now, you will see that they have repented of their sin. Mm -hmm. Jonah was so angry. He was angry because he didn't want to let go of the cookies. He didn't want to let go of the ice cream. But how many of you know when you have something so good and so precious and so wonderful, you have to go and share it. And that's what Peter was coming to understand. God sent Peter back to speak with Cornelius. And all the rest of the Gentile group that was there. And while they were talking, while they were conversing, they began to pray. And you know the story, babe. Right in the middle of that prayer, the Holy Spirit fell. And everybody in that room was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jews and Gentiles alike. It was the first time that it had ever happened. And Peter could not deny that God was up up to something that was bigger and greater than anything he could ever see with his own eyes. And that's why Peter had to put on his spiritual glasses and get rid of his spiritual, spiritual short-sightedness in order to see God's great plan of redemption for the whole world and not just the Jews. And what does the scripture say? It says that Jesus is Lord of all. That everybody deserves a chance at being reconciled, at being brought back together again with their Lord, with their creator. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is not concerned about where you are or what people are doing right now. Jesus came to die on the cross for sinner and saints. Jesus didn't come to differentiate. Jesus didn't come to hate. Jesus didn't come to separate. Jesus didn't come to segregate. The only thing that one day he will segregate and separate will be the sheep from the goats. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means everyone. Romans 6:23 says for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you ready to give your lives to Christ? Are you ready to surrender everything, every, everything that we've been dependent on, every thought, every person that we've held up in a high place? Well, God wants to tear down every high place in your life and in my life and in our life. And God wants to be elevated to the place where he deserves to be elevated. If if you are ready to surrender, if you say, Pastor Josh, Sister Boomy, I am ready to surrender my life to him, go ahead and raise your hand right there where you are. You don't need to close your eyes. You don't need to just go ahead and raise your hand right there. You know who you are. If you're recommitting your life to Christ, maybe we've been a little rebellious. Maybe you've been stir crazy. Maybe you found yourself a little rebellious there at uh, wherever you may be and, and a little resistant to what God is doing in your life and the people that God has placed in your life. And maybe it's time for us to soften our hearts and humble ourselves before the Lord. Maybe it's time that we surrender it all to God. If that's you and you are ready to give your life to Jesus. My wife is gonna pray with us right now, and as she prays, let's all join in with her, praying for those, not just uh, that are watching this video and this message, but anybody across the world. Maybe God has called you to quarantine yourself so that you can intercede on behalf of those who are in need of a savior
2: bow your heads right now people of god during father i just thank you and praise you lord for this day that you have made for letting us rejoice and be glad in it thank you for your grace and tender mercies that are new every morning great is thy faithfulness we just thank you lord that you are the king of kings and the lord of lords that you are the most high god and that you sit on the right hand of god next to the throne and we just come before you right now For those that may need to surrender their lives that are still holding on and trying to be in charge of their lives, Lord, I just pray right now that they release that control, Lord, and surrender all of it to you, Lord. I just pray they allow you to be the king of their hearts, the king of their lives, Lord, and that you will take control right now, Lord Jesus. For those that are receiving you for the first time, welcome them into the kingdom of God. For those that are uh, rededicating their lives, Lord, let them just continue to come back to you, Lord, right now. And we just thank you right now, Lord Jesus, for the work that you are doing in their hearts and in their lives, that you will continue to give them direction, that you will continue to give them vision, that you will just pour out your spirit upon them so that they may um, walk in your, in your path and they will know your ways. And I just thank you right now for those that are softening their hearts, that for those that are surrendering right now, surrendering to the king right now to serve their king and their master. It's not, there's no shame in being a servant of the Lord. Because there's nothing but freedom in that life. So we just thank you right now for what you're doing, Lord, in each and every person, in their heart right now. And all those that agree, let us all say amen in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, Teen Challenge.
1: We love you. We wish that we were able to be with you in person. But should the Lord uh, will it, we shall be with you again um, another day on the other side of this storm. God bless you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Remember, we serve a God that sits on the throne to all blessing, glory, honor, and power forever and ever. Amen. God bless.
0: Thanks for choosing the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it today. It's easy. Go to wherever you get your podcast, click on our icon, and hit subscribe. A new podcast filled with godly encouragement, spiritual instruction, and teaching comes out every week. God bless you today.